so Longpur began <clears throat> by speaking about the idea of samadhi or unification of mind, which is what many of us are aiming for in our meditation practice. And the first time the Buddha encountered samadhi uh, was when he was about seven years old or a small boy sitting under the rose apple tree um, in his hometown as his father plowed the field. And at that time, he spontaneously became very calm and entered the first jhana. So this is the first time that the Buddha in that life encountered this quality of unification of mind or samadhi. And what samadhi does is it allows the thinking in the mind to quiet and to calm, to become still for a time. And it's a useful quality in all things. When the mind is calm and collected, then we can direct it towards many activities in the world and it will make us very skilled at them. So for example, when uh, we study or go to school, uh, try to learn new things, then this quality of samadhi can help us retain information much better. And similarly, when uh, we go to work, uh, this quality of unification of mind and being able to direct our attention well can be extremely helpful. So for example, a car mechanic could have good samadhi and it would be very helpful in his work because he could stay focused at his work. And similarly, if, you know, even when we're just driving throughout the day, this quality of focused attention is really very helpful. And this quality of samadhi or focused awareness, a unification of mind, can also be very useful to us when unexpected and difficult or frightening things happen in our lives. For example, if uh, there was a uh, danger that came uh, into our world, for example, recently there was a shooting in Thailand and one of the teachers who had good mindfulness and uh, some of this quality of samadhi because uh, she was able to remain very centered. She kept her wits about her and was able to tell her kids that all the sound and the frightening noises were actually just the sounds from actors in a movie and that they were just making a scene uh, about a fight rather than telling the kids that there was actually a fight going on. And even gunshots in this case didn't frighten the kids because she had kept her mind centered and calm and been able to think of a way to help them not become scared. So samadhi can be helpful in these situations as well. But samadhi or this quality of unification of mind has even greater benefits. When we get a degree of samadhi, then the body become, can become light and extremely feel extremely bright and we begin to see clearly the body is empty of self. The unified mind is powerful and can see truth. However, this unified and powerful mind is still based in the foundations of good practice, in these simple acts of, for example, giving, 
uh, all of you lay people who have come today and given food to the monks, you're cultivating Dana Barami, you are laying the foundations for these higher states of mind. Uh, just coming to the monastery, waking up early uh, on a day off to come make merit and be at a monastery, that's already uh, merit in itself. It's already brightening the heart. However, this stage of giving, dana, is only the first step on this path towards the uh, final awakening. Even more wholesome than giving is the taking of refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, and the Sangha, in the Triple Gem. And it's true that the historical Buddha is no longer with us, but the teaching he left behind and his disciples, the Dhamma and the Sangha, are. And by taking refuge in them, we also inherently take refuge in the Buddha. This can be a meditation object to repeat Budang Saranam Gachami, Dhammang Saranam Gachami, Sangang Saranam Gachami, and taking refuge in the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha in this way repeatedly in our minds and hearts is a equivalent to uh, repeating the meditation word words Buddha, Dhammo, Sango as well. It's another means of recollecting the triple refuge. There was a famous well-known teacher named Ajahn Du who had great faith in the Buddha Maitreya and he used this parikama, this meditation object of Budang Saranam Gachami, Dhammang Saranam Gachami, Sangang Saranam Gachami regularly as a way of brightening the mind. However, even more merit than simply going for refuge is the merit that originates from holding pure sila uh, the five precepts specifically for lay people. And this uh, holding a good level of restraint and purity in our bodily and verbal actions leads the mind and heart to become clean and clear. And with such a clean and clear mind, uh, we can find that the heart can become centered. This experience of samadhi can arise and with that powerful mind, we can contemplate and give birth to wisdom. So, Longpore went on to say that he recently had a disciple who came and spoke to him about how in his meditation practice, he had let go of everything except the quality of knowing. But that even this quality of knowing, he's still attached to as mine, as me. And he was wondering how he could let go of even this subtle, refined attachment to this quality of knowing. And Longpore said that it's okay to have that small attachment at the beginning when one encounters that state. Uh, it's a very refined attachment. And that one should just uh, indulge in that state and not worry too much about the residual uh, attachment to it as me or myself and little by little it would fade. However, one should also uh, use that refined knowing um, to contemplate the body as elements, earth, air, fire, and water, and as empty of self, and that this will speed the process of letting go of self even more. 
Such contemplation may not issue immediately into full liberation of the heart, but it steadily gives rise to wisdom and knowledge, clarity and more skill in this contemplation. However, if contemplating the body in this way doesn't feel right, a practitioner may stick with the more traditional samatha uh, meditation objects of Budo and the breath, and uh, repeating Budo in time with the breath in and out. And if one practices like this, they'll find that the word, the meditation word Budo, eventually fades and disappears, leaving just the breath when the mind becomes calm. But one should not be too quickly, uh, too quick to let go of that meditation word Budo. Keep it there at first to help the mind stay with the breath and just wait until it goes away on its own. Anapanasati is the basis. However, many people have trouble with anapanasati, uh, mindfulness of breathing, because they try to control the breath. And if one does find that they can't stop controlling the breath, squeezing it, uh, trying to adjust its length, controlling it, then one can pour that energy of the mind into counting. So counting quickly through each breath to five. So as one breathes in, one would go one, two, three, four, five. And as one breathes out, one would again count in their mind one, two, three, four, five. And by channeling the mind's energy into that counting, the breath might be left alone to be more natural. It's normal that the mind will be impacted throughout the day by various impressions and thoughts, uh, the future, thoughts of the past, thoughts of work and various duties. But the benefit of samadhi, of having cultivated this quality of clarity and stillness in the mind, is that it will slowly and steadily quiet these impressions. And it's true that sometimes you actually may just be exhausted from work and from those duties. And in that case, it's okay to rest. Um, but when one wakes up uh, after that rest or in the morning, every morning, then one should immediately return to the practice. One should make time in the morning after awaking to meditate to center the mind before the day begins. If one centers the mind in this way, then they will find that they can keep good sila, morality. They will remain steady in their intention to not kill animals if not necessary and to hold the other precepts. This Refraining from doing evil is important because the bad karma one creates through negative bodily and verbal actions will come back to one. Um, if one kills, then one will find that the result of that killing returns to one in injury or handicap or a shortened life. Longpoor mentioned a disciple he had who as a child uh, killed, loved to break the... Um, legs of crabs. Uh, this may have been his disciple or Longpur Chas. I didn't catch that, I'm sorry. And he regularly broke the legs of different crabs for fun, even though others told him to not do this. And as an adult, he went to Japan and his uh, a well-known teacher, Kuba Ajahn, meditation teacher that knew him, 
called him and said that he should return from Japan to Thailand immediately, uh, perhaps knowing something about this karma that was about to ripen. But the lay disciple ignored him, and his legs became horribly injured in an accident in Japan. This is one example of negative karma ripening and hurting one based on one's past actions. As one keeps good sila, the mind becomes more and more normal and simple. But even with this normal mind, this mind based in nature, then many aromes or mental impressions can still arise, such as anger or greed. But when these mental impressions arise, one should practice patient endurance and just uh, allow them to come up but not take over the mind and let them go without buying into them. This is otone, patient endurance. And in the Uwada Padimoka, the Buddha established it as or said it was the supreme incinerator of defilements. And it's essential because sometimes these aramana or mental impressions come with extreme strength and we feel like we can't bear them. But even then, we just have to remember how much emphasis the Buddha put on this quality of endurance and allow them to pass. And as we allow them to pass, we see how kilesa comes and goes, how it also is impermanent, and wisdom will arise. As we continue to practice, the mind becomes more and more used to resting in some measure of calm, of samadhi, and it becomes hungry for it, just like when our body gets hungry for food, our mind will become hungry steadily for the experience of meditating. And this is a good sign. It means that we're becoming more and more accustomed to this quality of calm. And this quality of calm lends itself once again to the arising of wisdom. With it, we can contemplate the body and see it as not self, as just a heap of elements or parts. And when we see it this way, we'll begin to detach from it. There's a story in the Buddha's time of monks who began contemplating the body when the Buddha was away on retreat. And they saw it so clearly, and they saw the negative aspect of it so uh, clearly that they all committed suicide based on that vision of the negative aspects of the body. The Buddha returned from his retreat and found all the monks gone. And this is an example, and, and after that, he set down a rule saying that monks could not commit suicide. And this is an example of the power of samadhi gone wrong. Samadhi, or this powerful, concentrated mind, must be paired with correct view, right view, as well to be a factor of the path. It's true that the body is not self, that in some ways it is unattractive, but we see this only as much as it is useful and don't allow that negative perception to take over, dominate, and subsume the mind. We keep that brightness of samadhi central, and in this way it serves as a factor of the path. So, finally, to review, just as the Buddha said in the Awadapadimoka, this path is about giving up the evil that we do about taking on more and more good acts, and finally, in purifying the mind. 
And this is the central teaching of Buddhism and what all Buddhists have taught. And it's what we should all endeavor to practice. So I wish you all the best of luck in your practice.